0: Our scripture on this Christmas Eve comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter two, verses one through twelve. Hear these words: In those days, Caesar Augustus declared that everyone throughout the empire should be enrolled in the tax lists, the census. This first enrollment occurred when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their cities to be enrolled. Since Joseph belonged to David's house and family line, he went up from the city of Nazareth in Galilee to David's city, called Bethlehem, in Judea. He went to be enrolled together with Mary who has promised to him in marriage and who is pregnant. And while they were there, the time came for Mary to have her baby. She gave birth to her firstborn child, a son. Wrapped him snugly and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the guest room. Nearby shepherds were living in the fields guarding their sheep at night and the Lord's angel stood before them and the Lord's glory shone around them and they were terrified. And the angel said, "Don't be afraid. Look, I bring good news to you, wonderful, joyous news for all people. Your Savior is born today in David's city. He is Christ the Lord. This is a sign for you. You will find a newborn wrapped snugly and lying in a manger. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer, Amen. My wife, Alina, grew up in Israel. She was born in Bucharest, Romania, and, and then when she was two, her family immigrated from Romania to Israel, and she lived in a few places and went to elementary school there, and then when she was about eight, she, her family moved to the United States. But her, she still has an uncle in Israel, and we have cousins there. We're, we're Facebook friends with, with the Israeli cousins. But um, uh, after we got married... We, we wanted to go there. I had studied about Israel and the Holy Land and seminary, but I had never been on a trip. And I was really excited, and Lelina um, and her dad were really excited to take us back. And so, and so we went, and it was going to be a great trip. Um, and we, we have to, if you've ever been to Israel, you have to go through Israeli security, which is different from the TSA. Um, it is... Uh, Israeli security is manned by active IDF, Israeli Defense Force agents, um, oftentimes officers... In, in that case, oftentimes people in fluent in five to ten languages trained in more things than you are. And already, um, the, the interview, even the easy interviews like mine last about 30 minutes. Um, they saw me. I look American. I talk American. They looked through everything in my bag. And it was like, this looks like things Americans would, would take with them. And so they didn't really give me much trouble. My, my father-in-law Yanni was a still has his Israeli passport, um, is a veteran of the IDF, fought in the Lebanon War, and so they were very respectful to him. talked about the, the old days and things like that. So if they could knew, knew any of the same people, he went through easy. And then, then Alina had to had to come forward, and they were a little sterner with her. had a little stronger words and questions. Where why why did you leave? It was like, well, I was eight and <laughs> things like that. Um, why didn't you serve? Things like that. But the, the question that stuck with us and still stuck with us since then, um, they asked, why now? Why now? Which we never expected when we we're flying someplace to someone to ask us that question. Why now? I think her answer was, was good. It was just like, you know, well, I just got married. I want my family to meet my husband. I can't uh, convey the sternness of the way that, that guard asked her that question, though. But it's a, it's, a, it's a really important question, I think, for all of us, for a lot of times in life. Why now? 2,000 years ago, there was a carpenter in Nazareth named Joseph. And he finds out that the girl he's going to marry is pregnant. He probably asked, why now? (laughs) This is not great timing. Mary, in in Luke 1, when the angel Gabriel comes to her and says, Mary, Holy One of God, this Holy Spirit is going to come upon you and you're going to have the Messiah. And Mary's like, why now? (laughs) Why me? Who am I to do this? The Hebrew people oppressed under occupation, under Babylon, and Assyria, oppressed under the Seleucids, oppressed under the Romans, said it again and again, God, why not now? Why can't you save us now? Why can't your Messiah come now? Now would be a great time. Life is hard. Can't you come soon? Today is is Christmas Eve, we're all aware of that. December 24th, we know it, when it's going to happen. We know what day Christmas Eve is going to be next year. It's also going to be 20, December 24th. Christmas is easy to find in the calendar. We could know. I can tell you what day Christmas will be in 2075. It will be on December 25th. Easter is a little trickier um, to figure out when the next Easter is going to be. In, um, in the Western churches, it has to do with the first Sunday after the first full moon after the spring equinox, which, which could be a lot of different Days. Uh, there was actually, the, the word in Latin that's the basis of computer comes from people trying to figure out when Easter is going to be. Um, it's that complicated a thing. But we know when Christmas is going to be. I know that next year, my kids are not going to be in school at Christmas. <laughs> when, when Mary and Joseph started going south from Nazareth to Bethlehem, they didn't think a holiday would result from their trip. They didn't think that, oh, you know, in 2,000 years, LTISD is not going to have school At this time, that was not the expectation that they had. That being said, they could not find space when they arrived in Bethlehem. And they probably asked, why now? Why are all these people here? Why won't anyone give us space? Why now? Why can't we be in a more comfortable place? It'd be nicer to be back home to have this baby. Why now? it was inconvenient. It wasn't the easiest thing to do. A lot of times, love can be inconvenient. It can't be, it's not the easiest thing to do. Sacrifice is always inconvenient. Sacrificing something is always a giving up. It's not a sacrifice if you don't care about it. If you're giving away a couch that you were going to throw away, that's not a gift. Um, it's, it's, not a, it's not a donation. Um, if you're giving away the couch that you love dearly, the chair that you cherish, that's a sacrifice. <laughs> that's something else. If you are giving something up, it is inconvenient. Jesus says later in the Gospels, it's not so much to ask. It's not, one, what good is it if you love someone who can love you back? Anybody can do that. It's different to love those who can't love you back. It is inconvenient. It is often inconvenient to love. To love someone means that you are including them in your life. To love someone means that you no longer are the center of your world. You have to take other people into consideration. And whether that's, whether that's a parent, whether that's a child, whether that's a spouse, whether that's a friend, to love someone is to no longer be the center of, of the world, and that can be inconvenient because they may get in your schedule. They may not do the exact thing you want to do all the time. Parenting can be inconvenient. Kids are not robots. Um, it's good they're not robots, but sometimes it would might be convenient if they just did did the things. That's but that is not how life is. Saint Augustine said, "Lord, make me chaste, but not yet." Why now is another way to put what he said. Why now? Can it be next week? God, I mean, next week is the New Year's, right? That's a good time to start things. 2022, a whole new year, a whole new me. Can't I just coast until then? There's a lot of things going on. God, why now? The holidays are busy. There's a lot of things to think of. Why now? The shepherds were in their, their fields keeping watch of their flock at night. They were night shepherds. It's a hard job. I've heard from good sources that the sh- sheep are not the smartest animals in the animal kingdom. There's a quote from a local veterinarian is sheep are dumb animals. Um, <laughs> They, they get stuck in weird places. They step on weird things. They eat the wrong thing. They don't mind. You'd think that sheep would just go to sleep. They would just count themselves jumping over the fence, and they'd go to sleep, but that doesn't work. That's why they have to be the night shepherds. It's the night shift of the shepherds. Like, can't you just go to sleep so I can go to sleep? It's like, no, they have to go buying over in the field. I like, can imagine those shepherds, like, why now? Why did I have to be on the shift now? Joe's, Joe's got a great party going on. I wish I was at Joe's house. Why now, God? Why now? I imagine they might have thought, like, gosh, it'd be great if those wolves just came and just got this whole flock and I would get a new job. I could go home and go to sleep. Haping a night shepherd. Why now? Those shepherds look up. They look up in the night sky, and they see the Lord's messengers. They see the angels. Angels, the word angel comes from the Greek word for messenger, angelos. And so that's, that's the word in its, in its literal sense, but we have different visions of, of angels. Now, angels in, in English and angels in popular culture are awesome, often, like, beautiful um, cherubic. They have wings. They're, they're pretty. They're looking down. Oh, look at the angel. This is not the description of the angels in the Bible, Said in Ezekiel one, the prophet talks about angels in this way: each had the form of a human being, though they had four faces, four of them, and four wings, and they had feet, but the soles of their feet were cow hooves, and they were bronze. This is not a pretty picture. It's a gruesome thing. It's hard to handle an angel. Most often, when they speak in the Bible, the first words they say are, "Don't be afraid." Don't freak out is another way to translate that, which if one of your kids called you and said, now, mom, don't freak out, you're probably like in a, in freaking out inside, like what is going to happen? Um, if a friend texts you, it's like, I'm so sorry, don't freak out, but you're like, okay, what is going to happen next? It's not going to be a good thing at the end of that sentence. So the angel comes, and they are terrified. Luke says the shepherds were terrified, not in this kind of like, oh. Kind of terrified, but like horror movie um, thing crawling out of the dungeon, kind of terrified. Like, what is that creaking sound? Terrified. They were scared of what was going to happen. And they were probably thinking to themselves, why now? They probably thought it was the end of it. It's like, okay, it's over. It's all over. The angel's come. He's going to tell me I'm dead. All right. Why now? And the angel says, as they, again, as they say, don't be afraid. <laughs> It's like, ah, don't be, now don't be afraid, shepherds. I'm bringing you good news. It's like, really, good news? But you're an angel. I thought you were going to condemn me. Now I bring you good, wondrous news. God's son has been born. The Messiah, the anointed one of Christ, of God, the anointed one of God, that's what Christ means, is anointed one of God, has been born in the city of David, right down the hill. They may have thought, why this day? Why now? Why on this shift? It's like I'm wearing my night shepherd tunic. It's not the best clothes. But the angels were talking to them. The angel didn't come to Herod. The angel didn't come to Caesar. The angel didn't come to the rich guy down the road. He came to those night shepherds on a hard night. I think for most of us, our human response to difficulty is why now? We may be praying that to God. We may be mumbling it under our breath. If we, if we see the lights come on and one of those police officers in Lakeway is pulling us over because we're going 31 in a 30, we <laughs> think to ourselves... Why now? <laughs> it's a good question. But this Christmas, my brothers and sisters, I want you all to consider the amazing possibility that now is the time for something new. You may have a lot of Christmas traditions in your family. You may have special dishes that you've prepared today that you're ready to eat tomorrow. You may have special movies you watch as a family. You may have special gifts and songs that you share. You may have been to a lot of Christmas Eve services in your life, but now is the time for something new. Now is the time for God's plan to be fulfilled. That's the point of Christmas. That's why we celebrate God with us. God coming down to be with us. It's the time when God humbled God's self to be with us in human form. The God who created everything, took on flesh, limited God's self. And not just any flesh. God did not come down in the the body of Hercules, but the body of a baby, born as a baby. Now, babies are soft and cute. They're kind of sticky when they're first born. But one of the things about babies is they have a very um, bullying communication style. A baby, either, like, is, like doesn't, it's hard to communicate well with a baby. If you try to talk to a baby, you can do the goo goo all you want. You're not really going to get what you want out of them. It's like, can you go to sleep? No. Can you go to sleep? What? No. Can you just be quiet? No. No. It's hard. Talking to a baby... Sorry, the God who created everything, the Logos of God. In, In the Gospel of John, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In all things, he was created. So the Word of God, Jesus, the Son, through whom all things were created, became limited and humble as a baby, as needy as a baby. Babies are needy. Human babies are so needy, they can't survive on their own. You see a, an ele- you know, National Geographic, there's a, the birth of an elephant, and it's so cute, and it, it's, it's born, and it's walking, and it's very cute, and it's following its mom. You see the birth of a dolphin or a whale, and they're swimming away. The birth of a baby, and it's like, it needs help. <laughs> it needs, needs some people to survive, and that is the form that God entered the world. The God who created everything came in this form, the most humble of forms, not the most proud of forms, not the most glorious of forms, the most humble of forms, because we could not handle God coming in glory. In the book of Exodus, it describes Moses encountering God and even turning his back to God because he couldn't look in the face, and it was still so bright that Moses had to wear a veil the rest of his life. And anyone who saw Moses outside of the veil, they were sunburnt. By that experience, we could not experience the full glory of God. Sometimes there's this question of, if God is real, why doesn't God just show himself to us? It would make so much sense. Everyone would believe what we just saw in that kind of way. But Jesus was the only way we could receive God and not perish in that experience, that we could receive the glory of the God who created everything. Because God did not ask us to reach up to heaven. God came down to be with us. Now is God's time for us. A son is born for us. A child is given for us. This day is a time when you can realize that your past is not who you are, that your mistakes are not who you are. Now is a time when you can receive mercy. You can receive grace. There's nothing to stop you at other times in receiving mercy and receiving grace and starting something new, but those were not the right times. Why not? Well, it didn't happen. That's, that's why not. The best of hopes don't always turn out, but now can be the time. Yet, yet it takes a little faith. It takes a little step. In the Bible, the word for um, repentance and conversion is the same word, it's metanoia. It's a word that uh, means turning around. Like you're going one way in life and you you turn around and change directions and then you're going another way. And that is what an encounter with God is like. That is what new life with God is like. Going one way. Going one way where you're the center of your world. You know all the things, you've figured out all the things, you've experienced all the things, you have it all figured out. And then your life changes directions. Your life changes directions. It takes a step to get on that journey. The shepherds, after hearing the words of the angels, said to each other, let us go right now to Bethlehem and see what's happened. Let's confirm what the Lord has revealed to us. They take a chance they could have said, after the angels went away, gosh, that was weird, and gone on night shepherding <laughs> with their day. I think that's what a lot of us would have done. It's like, oh my gosh, I don't know about that. You know, you see an angel, and it's like, I don't know what I want to see at the end of this rainbow. But the shepherds took a chance. They took a step. Why now? Because God has offered God's self for you. Why now? Because the God of all creation became human so that humans may be forgiven and redeemed and freed. God chose not to take away our freedom, but to restore it, to restore to us the freedom to truly love God, to not have ourselves as the sinner of our world, to not be curved inward in self-destruction, but to stand upright in the light of faith, to be able to see our neighbor's as children of God worthy of dignity worthy of care worthy of love even when they don't love us back why now because you are loved now you are forgiven now and you have a chance for new life now and you are not alone now you are not your past now you are not the mistakes you've made now you can live in freedom now You can care for others now. You can forgive others now. You can forgive yourself now. Because now God has forgiven you. God has come for you. Receive the light of Christ this day. Receive a light that you don't have to hold tightly. You can let it go. And when you let it go, it will grow. In a few minutes, we're going to light the candles. We're going to share the light of Christ. The candle, by itself, isn't very functional. It's easy to break, but then with a spark, it can light a room. It can light a building. It can light a people. That is the light of Christ it's not just for us to hold for ourselves. It is a gift to share. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, your right time brought Jesus into the world. Forgive us for the excuses we have made that keep us from loving you. Forgive us for the excuses we have made that keep us from loving our neighbor. Help us to see that our lives can change now because you love us.